0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Florida Prospect Report. I'm your co-host, Bailey, here with my co-host, Eric. And as usual, we went to some baseball games the past week or so. We're going to talk about them. Uh, As always, again, we saw some exciting stuff. So we're just going to dive right into it. Well, first off, Eric, what's up? How's it
1: going? Great. Uh, Happy to be back and happy to be talking about baseball, going to baseball, it's like the middle of the season, so it's stuff to choose from every day down here in Florida. Minor leagues, FCL practices, games. So, let's get to it. Yeah,
0: it's been an exciting week. Um, I was in Port St. Lucie um, last week, which is kind of notable because I don't usually go to that stadium. Uh, I typically just stay with in uh, Jupiter. St. Lucie's a little further north, but. Um, They made some renovations there. I should say not some. They made a lot of renovations. Parking lot looks completely different. The outside of the stadium looks really nice. Um, They added a pavilion in left field, which is kind of cool. I'm sure the fans uh, for spring training appreciate it more than the minor league fans. Um, So overall, I I still don't love the stadium, but it's a decent place to watch a game. If you're trying to catch home run balls there, Uh, the right field berm is still a much better place than the left field pavilion. Unfortunately for me, the right field berm was closed. So I, I, you know, I wanted to catch a home run ball. So I was on the left field pavilion all by myself. They hit two home runs out there. Um, Neither really reached the pavilion. I think one hit off the back left corner, but there is no reasonable way I was going to be playing on that part of the pavilion. So I couldn't get over there in time. And then the other one just was like to left center field. It was just in the grass, but um, it was, there was an usher who was nice enough to get both phone run balls and I got one of them. So, you know, that was pretty cool. Um, In terms of the players I saw um, the big name, of course, Jason Dominguez. Um, He's really flaky with signing autographs. So allegedly, so I went on a Wednesday, allegedly on Tuesday, he signed autographs like two baseballs. Not sure if it's true. It's hearsay Uh, Thursday, the day after I went, I know for a fact he signed a baseball. Uh, I saw a picture of it that was texted to somebody uh, I was at a game with. So that happened. But on Wednesday, it was literally me and like another teenage kid asking for Jason's autograph. We're like, Hey, Jason, can you sign please? He's like, after I stretched, he stretched, he came back, he didn't sign. I don't know. Just He's the only player. pretty much ever that I have asked multiple times for an autograph and just been uh, like turned down. And I'm not like complaining per se. I've taken pictures with him. He's a nice guy. I've just, I've heard rumors. He has some sort of like contract with his agent that doesn't allow him to sign autographs, which seems silly to me, but um, you know, as a fan, it's a little disappointing. You know, you want to I don't sell my autographs. I have a huge bookshelf in my house with, or in my room with like a bunch of baseballs I've gotten signed over the years. So, It'd be cool to add a player like him to my collection, but right. Well, whatever, I guess. Um, so he's not
1: an uh, above-average autograph signer. In fact, I can confirm from my experience he's very much below average. What do you think of him as a baseball player and a prospect? Because it's almost as polarizing.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, 20-grade uh, autograph signer. But <laughs> luckily, that's not the grade that matters for scouting. Um no. it's definitely it's a very polarizing topic. I was literally talking with two of my buddies the other day about how I feel about Jason because there was a big trade that went down in my dynasty league where Jason was the key part in a trade that also included Walker Bueller and Ozzy Albi. So it's a big deal. Um yeah, I, I stand by my take I had on Jason Dominguez last September. I think he's gonna be an everyday major league player. He's going to be above average. I'm still not ready to call him a superstar. And what doesn't help his case, uh, and there's nothing he can control, but what it, it almost like is hard to get a read on him, seeing him in low A, because the pitchers are scared of him. And I'm not, like, projecting my um, – what I think I'm seeing. It's a fact, to me, because – so the pitcher for St. Lucie, I was going to bring him up, too, because he's a prospect of note. It's Dominic Hamill. An early on oh, yeah. pick last year for the pretty, New York Mets. Pretty uh, good. Yeah, pretty good player. It was very strange. He had it was he had six innings, only one run, not many hits. Um, I want to say he struck out at least seven guys. But it didn't seem like he was in complete control of the game. It's just like, I don't know. It, and it wasn't like that he was going through the motions, but he just didn't seem overpowering. But I guess you don't need to be overpowering, you know? I mean, he got a quality start, uh, but he faced Dominguez twice, and he – On nine pitches, he gave him eight balls. So, like, what is Dominguez supposed to do with that? He's going to walk twice. So, you know, it's hard to, like, get a read on a guy who has so much hype on him that the pitchers are seemingly pitching around him. Um, But overall, based on the exit velocities and the level at which he makes contact, I do think he's going to make the majors and be a contributor. I'm not convinced it will be earlier than, say, 2025, though. Uh, I, think, I think it's going to be a, a longer process than the superstars uh, of the world, such as Wander Franco, Fernando Tatis, or Ronda Cooney Jr., who made the majors as, like, 20-year-olds and immediately put up superstar numbers. I don't think Dominguez is that guy, but I think he still can be good.
1: I've seen him, like, 20 to 25 times now. I went to see Tampa and Clearwater with uh, John Brophy, our friend that covers the Yankees. I finally met him in person. He met my dog. He called him hyper. He was very hyper. So I I, I saw Dominguez and he had uh, good at bats, long at bats, but really where he showed his skill was in the outfield. He actually like tracked. He he, he showed his athleticism and his start and stop and his ball in the air recognition skills. They are, are, those alone are highly above average. So just on that, he can float, but he really is, a good hitter, a right. fine hitter. I don't know if he's going to be a switch hitter forever, but he's good at touching the ball and he's good at putting it in play. So if he was like in another team system, I'm not sure he would be a top 15 guy. And I don't know if that really matters right now because he's so young, right. but he is good and he shows skill. Like every time I see him, it's kind of like a new little wrinkle to his game. So when he puts it all together, I think maybe he'll be a little bit better than just made major league regular, but not, annual MVP player like he was supposed to be when he, when he first came out. I really like watching him, and I think he's a good, a good minor league contributor and, and is going to move up pretty soon.
0: I definitely agree. He's, he's a good player. And I like watching him, actually. Yeah, I do, too. And I think he could be a superstar if everything goes right. But I, I, uh, I think it's a little um, optimistic, to say the least, to assume that that's a likely outcome. Because I don't, I don't think it is a likely outcome, but it could happen. Um speaking of other tarpons of note that I saw. Um nice. I saw Alexander Vargas, Anthony Garcia. Me too. Um, did well, yeah, I mean when I saw them, those two didn't really stand out to me, at least in this game. I've seen Garcia before and he has insane power. He's just such a big dude. Um I would say the player who stood out to me the most was actually uh your boy Antonio Gomez. Um really nice guy. Uh didn't have the best of games behind the plate though. Um, And it's, you know, I think he did throw out one guy, but I'm pretty sure there was at least two guys who he didn't throw out. So I don't know. It just, he seemed a little, his pop time was slower than I remember because I, he's usually uh, supposed to be a really good catcher defensively.
1: My game was the same thing. I think three people stole or two people stole. He did not throw either of them out, but he did get somebody, he picked somebody off behind them at first base, but that wasn't a good throw. That was more of the Garcia scoop and tag and basically was blocking the guy. So I don't know what happened, but I'm going to investigate and we're going to make sure that Gomez is on top of at least the defensive catcher prospect rankings very soon. When I saw them, by the way, Garcia had extreme green light. So he stole twice and he made it once and he really accelerated, he really accelerated pretty well. And, and he, I said something to John, and John was like, yeah, he steals all the time. He has double-digit steals. Anthony Garcia, right? Yeah. The what about is- an
0: Avi Sayal Garcia comp for a, a big guy who can has big power, but low-key is fast? Is that a – I don't – he's not – I think he's taller than Avi
1: but He definitely is.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, when I think of deceptively fast people, Avi Sayel Garcia is who comes to mind because he has, like, 95 – um percentile sprint speed and that's looks crazy. crazy right he doesn't look like it but no and especially when you can, can when you consider he can hit 30 home runs in a season if everything goes right so
1: garcia could finish growing at six foot seven which would be like you know kind of like O'Neill cruz it's a different build but oh very different you guys be able to accelerate that way it's you know it's very different i guess i guess in that way results wise it's a very fair comp
0: yeah and um a little bit more on the Max Tarpin game I went to. Uh, shout out to Stanley Consuerga. Or I probably butchered that a little bit. Stanley Consuerga yeah. joins a guy. special
1: a special club.
0: Yeah, he uh, he joins a club of Jason Murth, <laughs> Jose Miranda, Michael Franco, and uh, how am I forgetting this? Who it's players who have hit a home run, which I ended up with the ball. Oh, Carlos Cortez. That's the fourth the guy. And then the fifth now is Stanley Consuera players who have hit a home run ball that I've ended up with um, caught zero of them on the fly. Well, the Mike Alfranco Franco you be the judge, it wasn't on the fly, but I caught it oh, on a bounce. Today. So kind of counts, but, right. and I probably could have caught the Jose Miranda one, but I wanted to be safe and make sure it bounced in front of me on the grass. So I could just pick it up. Um, but yeah, so, and it wasn't just a one-off home run. Stanley is actually putting up really nice numbers uh, for the, uh, first half South Division champion, St. Lucie Mets. Um, I got to see them clinch, which is really cool because uh, you know, they're popping the champagne on the field, celebrating. It was really nice to see uh, the culmination of a lot of uh, hard work.
1: Um, Congratulations to them.
0: Yeah, uh, go Mets. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Stanley swear a name I would say in a monitor. Um, I want to say last time I, I checked is WRC Plus was above like 130. I'm not mistaken. So that's something. Uh, got another look at my boy, Aram, Alexander Ramirez um, still there. That's the thing. I don't know why I would promote him weeks ago, but right. um, I almost think he might be like tired of playing in St. Lucie, not because his like um, play is like lesser than it was the first time I saw him. It just seems like, like he's just, he's good enough to get promoted. I don't know, but. Um, always cool seeing him. I'm glad I got to get another look at him before he uh, inevitably goes to Columbia. Um, right. Yeah. So a nice time in St. Lucie for sure.
1: I also attended uh, a Florida state league game. Yep. As everyone that listens to this podcast should do. I took your advice and I went to see Tink Hent. Uh, How do I make this long story kind of short? <laughs> It was like 120 degrees and they were warning people to not sit in the sun. So if you go to the videos, there's one person sitting not under the shade and they're sitting in the very front row filming tin cans from behind the net. That person is me. And the game that I filmed and did not stay for and did not watch all of because I just was focused on him warming up and his uh, three innings turned out to be a no hitter. Yep. The Palm Beach one over Clearwater. So I was there for five innings, and this is where I admit that I left a no-hitter early, but I still was really happy with what I saw from Tink Hence. I got great video, every type of pitch, every type of movement, even from the bullpen. so uh, if you haven't seen him yet or you can see him, you really kind of should. It's not like a circus, but his ball really moves, and he's not a big person, And this guy's generating like an easy 98. So that's not 94 or 92. So you probably should see it. What he does to hitters at this level is worth the price of your 11 to $16 ticket for sure.
0: And it was three perfect innings, right? He didn't even allow a base runner.
1: Excellent point, right. There was one extremely questionable strike three call, (laughs) but it really was only like eight or nine inches Today, I posted one. You probably haven't even seen it yet. It was 15 inches away. An umpire got Steven Acevedo. Just wait, till, just wait till you see it. But it, it doesn't matter because Hanks broke into the zone just a shred. So he really had it going. And if you're going to get, you know, the the benefit of the doubt from an umpire that's seeing your stuff, it, it kind of makes sense. But uh, yeah, he really was awesome. And I don't know how long he'll stay in this league, but hopefully there will be a few more games where he comes to like Bradenton or Fort Myers, Dunedin, or some of the towns on this side so I can watch him at least one more time. Yeah, Good call by you. Excellent call by you. You're right. Thank
0: you. They definitely have him on a pitch count. He only went two and two-thirds yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, so he's still ramping up. Um, So I expect him to be in the Florida State League for a while. Um, before I talk more about him, I just want to um, reiterate that the ushers did not want Eric sitting behind <laughs> the front row. They Actually, like,
1: it was a the fireman that yeah. told me when I walked in. It wasn't an usher. Oh, yeah.
0: They were like, you need to sit in the shaded area. Eric's like, no, I came here to see this specific picture. I want to get videos behind the front row. I know what I'm getting myself into. He's like, all right, just stay hydrated. Eric's like, yep. So that was kind of funny. Like, And if, you know, if I were ever at a no-hitter and left early, I would probably feel bad. But in your situation, like, I, I could not have stayed in that heat. Like, like literally 120 degrees. Like, I, I do not blame you at all.
1: To be completely forthright, which is what I like to do, I did try to call you two times, and you didn't answer. I think you were at work or something. Yep. And I was going to give you the – and I was going to tell you what was happening. Like, I'm in the fifth inning. They don't have any hits. Just tell me I should stay, and I probably would have. So I'm not putting the burden on you. Oh, uh, okay. I'm saying, like, I probably would have if I could have even communicated with you because you would have said, how can you leave when <laughs> they don't have a hit yet? So, but, but it really was, the circumstances were tough, and I really, truly don't like either of those teams. I, I, I like Tink. I did see a, a player, uh, a, a, a good player that went two for two that you've since picked up. Yes, uh, yes. T- uh, Tovelin. Yes. So he's somewhat exciting and looks like a a really good hitter. So that was worth seeing. But I am a very dedicated baseball fan. I promise there's no part of me that even feels bad or even slightly regretful that that I left it. It's a minor league no-hitter. It was combined. And I went to see one person. I saw him, and he did great. So I feel more fulfilled.
0: I would have answered your – I was at work, so I couldn't answer your call when you called me. Um, But, yeah, I mean – I think there was a total of, like, four walks. So you, we, um, we have both been to games, I think, this season with less base runners and less pitchers used. So, Correct. I mean, arguably, yes, a no-hitter is great. But, like, on, like, if we're talking about total base runners allowed, like, you, you have seen less than four. So uh, it's not devastating.
1: Um, I guess the point where we can admit that I watch lots of bad baseball for fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of Tovalin, like, he – he, uh, well, he first caught my eye, if you remember, um, the uh, eight and a third no-hitter that Daytona had going and uh, ended in a walk-off. The only hit of the game, Osvaldo Tovalin hit the home run, and that put him immediately on my radar, obviously. And every game I went to, I was like, oh, ah, he's pretty good. And friend of the show, Greg, uh, he was on for our Pirates episode. He was going to a Cardinals game, and he was like, who should I look out for on the hitting side? And I was like, I mean, there's not really any big-name hitters. And then I was like, well, I kind of like Tovalin. If you look at his numbers, really good numbers. He got promoted to Peoria, high A. First game there, he hit a home run. So right. I, I scooped him up in, I want to say, four out of six of my leagues. Hourly. So, league. And in the league I am in with Eric. So – You know, um, it's possible that, you know, he struggles in high A, but I I do believe that he's going to be – he's going to be something. The Cardinals have a knack with uh, finding guys like this. You know, the Juan Yepes, uh, Tommy Edmond types who aren't top prospects but are major league contributors, so Tovlin might be next on that line. Um, And going back to Tink for a minute, um, he's fantastic. Uh, I really wanted to see him pitch yesterday, but I just couldn't find a way to the game in Jupiter. Um, his first inning was great. He struck out the side, uh, oh, yeah. including Alexander Ramirez. His second inning, another one, two, three inning with one K. So he pitched two perfect innings to start the game, including four strikeouts. So that's the Tink uh, we know and love. And then the third inning, he ran into some trouble. I think the, the inning started with a hit by pitch. And then I want to say a walk and he struggled uh, after that to settle down a little bit. But overall, like I would not read into that at all. Um, you know, if he wasn't on a pitch count, he probably would have got out of it and still had a quality start. It's just it's just so happens they only let him go like 50 pitches an outing. So um I'll be at his next outing almost certainly unless weather or he pitches on Tuesday for some reason. But he's a, he's been pitching like five Wednesdays in a row and I'm planning on going next Wednesday. So I hope the trend continues. Um and I'm expecting great things when I see him
1: and we're all expecting some good video. So hopefully you'll you know it. Right. Uh, I guess an, uh, another, another system that is good at developing skills and has been pretty good for a while that I've been paying extra attention to for a couple reasons is the Red Sox. Yes. Uh, I saw their rookie league team against the Orioles I, 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 I looked at their standings and their roster and I knew that they were I guess like above average or good but seeing them in person they really have a few standout players that people should know I guess people like us already do know but maybe a little bit mainstream and that definitely starts with uh, center fielder Miguel Blies or Blies. it's B-L-E-I-B-L-I-E-S
0: I say Blyce, but I have no clue if that's right.
1: I would like to get it right. We definitely care about that as a show, but we don't know it and I don't have the pronunciation guide so I won't say it that many times and try to mess it up. Maybe you're right, but he's an outstanding athlete and he's a great hitter with a body that's not built to hit right now. So offensive and defensive skills just through the roof. I want to say he's the top-ranked prospect in the FCL per team's list. I think Pipeline has him, not like we trust Pipeline or Care or like them, but I think they have him at, like, five or six for the Red Sox. Um,
0: I mean, if we're talking highest in their own system, I could see that. I don't think he's the best prospect in the FCL right now, but that would make sense because the Red Sox are kind of top-heavy in their farm system right now.
1: Caminero is ten. I think Shailen Polanco is not is like in a, in a team.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, it's, it's it's possible. So I watched him, the outfielder Chacon had a good game. They have a pitcher, a fourth round draft pick from last year named Elmer Rodriguez, who really did well, and a bullpen pitcher who kind of throws it like a shot put, a righty whose name was Tavaller, and they were both excellent and made the Orioles look really bad. Um I watched that game and it made me and when I went home I thought about well that rookie league team is above average maybe even better than I thought. There's a couple good guys who have Prospect Cachet and didn't play in that game and didn't play well. Then that night I watched Salem versus Del Marva. Salem is their their lineup is outstanding. Yeah. They're first four They have Nathan Hickey, the catcher from Florida. They have Marcelo Meyer. They have Brainerd Bonacci. They have Nico Cavadis, one of the hottest power hitters in the minors. They had uh, Rafaela. They have Edison Paulino. And they have Blaze Jordan, too? I was about to say. They have Blaze Jordan. Like, yo, that's eight good hitters right there. How could they not beat Delmarva 10-2 to every – you know, that's an outstanding lineup. I just didn't realize it. So it's like painting a picture for me that you know, the Red Sox, you said they're top heavy. I, I think their lower minors are just a, a, a very large degree better than, than people think about. Some of the names we mentioned haven't clicked yet, but Marcelo Meyer is outstanding. He plays oh, Jordan, you know, he's a, he, he, these guys are building towards good minor league development tracks. So it's just, just something that stood out to me. Boston's a little bit better than people think.
0: Definitely, and when I meant top heavy, I didn't mean like double A, triple A. I meant like the guys in the at the top of the system, ranking wise, are
1: close uh,
0: better by a large margin. But I think that might be an outdated take. I think they are right. That, that's what right, As point. you just said, they've infused their farm system with a lot more good players than, and they're getting um, better this season. Right, you know, Cavadas, Nico, um, Nico Cavadas, like he seems to be a really. Uh, so far, a really good draft pick by them. Um,
1: right, so. v- power corner. Him and Hickey, four or five. That's a lot of. That's a lot of batted ball distance, man. Yeah, and that could be away really for a while. Yep. So, I really don't like Boston as a team or as a fan base or as an organization. But it's hard. It's hard to ignore the the progress and the talent in in all the names that I just said. You know, we don't have to talk about it at length, but. You know, we are a prospect show, and it's something we pay attention to.
0: No, for sure. And that will be my uh, one of my two home teams once I finally move. I'll be like 10 minutes from their FCL team, so hopefully or almost definitely I'll be catching some games there this season. Um, and speaking of catching games, the second game I went to this week was Let's the hear. Hammerheads versus the Dunedin Blue Jays. Um, there was one player who stood out on Dunedin, uh well two but mainly one it was Rainer Nunez who leads the Florida State League in home runs and total bases he hit a double which is not surprising because he's a really good hitter um I don't think he's going to be there that much longer and I'm not sure if like his profile um is that of a player who will make it in the major leagues um I don't want to compare him to like Ibundel Isabel, former Tortuga, who hit like four, almost 40 home runs in the minor leagues in 2018, because I don't think he has that kind of power, but he reminds me of that kind of player in terms of like an extra base hitter who might have some swing and miss in his game. But um, I really liked what I saw. So, I mean, if he keeps it up, then I don't see why he can't um, excel in the upper minors.
1: Um, Last year, he had 26 strikeouts and 23 walks. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. This year, he has 65 strikeouts and eight
0: walks. Right. That, that is, is bad. That is bad. <laughs> but when you're doing it with the home run numbers he's putting up and the extra right. base like, it gets masked a little bit. But I think he might get exposed a little bit against better talent. But then if he can um, make the adjustments, then, you know, you might have a successful power hitter on your hands. So um, that's something to monitor. Uh, Estevan Machado was not in the lineup. That kind of sucked. I mean, right. he hasn't been great yet anyway. But it still would have been nice to get a live look. Um, right. I did see Kelbin DeCastro. Castro. Um, it was Kelvin when he get, when he signed, but now it's Rykel Bin with a B instead of a V. Um, Maybe it always
1: was, and it was just announced wrong.
0: Right. I'm who? Yeah, I'm not sure on that. But they on the scoreboard and on his Instagram, it's with a B. So that's what I'm going okay. with um offensively i didn't see much that stood out outside of his speed he's fast uh, i don't know if he has i am not sold on the hit tool or the power but defensively which was, was his calling card when the blue Jays signed him really slick at shortstop like he made a really nice play in the oh, first yeah? inning to take a hit away from i want to say it was osiris johnson who speaking of which has looked really good the past like two weeks um But, yeah, so there's never a question if the Castro was good on defense, but um, he confirmed to me that he is. That's Um, fun. Yeah, and uh, Khalil Watson um, only struck out once. He had a a base hit, a single, so that was good to see from him. Um, And the most impressive hitter I saw that night was Jose Salas, which is so nice. Um, In January, I wrote about Salas and did you yeah maybe um I said um although he quote although he did not put up the best stats there are still multiple positive takeaways um and then I went on to say he's younger than the competition so don't expect him to excel immediately his plate discipline discipline, excuse me remains strong with a nine percent walk rate and a 23 percent strikeout rate he's hitting the ball hard he had a 109.7 mile per hour exit velocity in his debut game with the Hammerheads in 2021. So, and then I said, if he can tap into more power in game, he will have a true breakout. So that was in January. Then I saw him play twice in April. And then I said, let's see, what did I say? So while the power has not quite shown up statistically indicated by his 0.65 ISO, the rest was positive. He still produced high exit velocities and still had his good eye at the plate. I was impressed the multiple times I saw him uh, with my live looks. I went on to say he's a fun player, and I said he's only going to get better. Did not leave any room for error there. Just said he will get better. Um, and I also said he will grow into more game power as he develops, and then will be one of the top prospects in the sport. So that's kind of a bold take for a prospect who's statistics- this statistically was struggling at the time um and then june 1st i was on the rotowire prospect podcast um with james anderson thank you again to him for having me on um i talked about all those jupiter infielders including solace and i basically said from what i've seen in person he looks good and i understand he hasn't put up amazing you know earth-shattering numbers but he's looked good as just his body of work. And I expect based on the exit velocities and his plate discipline, it's going to click at some point. And we just need to be patient. I did say in, uh, on his podcast, I wouldn't have it. I probably wouldn't have him in my top 100 prospects anymore, but he's still in the top 200 or 300 at worst. And, um, based off his past three and a half weeks since my episode with James, I think Solace has uh, catapulted himself back into the top 100 area. I think Um, that's fair. In 17 games in June, 367 batting average, 473 on base percentage, 583 slugging, two homers, 12 RBIs, five doubles, a triple, nine walks to nine strikeouts, and six for six on the base path. He is breaking out before our eyes, and he hit a home run the night I went. Beautiful, beautiful swing. Um really cool to see him do that in person. Um, but it's just really cool to see a prospect, uh one who's really nice, two, who I have always thought highly of, but just felt like the stats were not matching the production for a while there. Just to see him finally have that breakout is just really uh it's gotta be rewarding for him. And it feels good just to be witness to it. And um, I feel like if he keeps this up for a couple more weeks, I probably won't see him again in Jupiter. will probably get promoted to Beloit.
1: No. That's right. That's what a team like the Marlins, they're going to reward a hot June for a 19 year old. They're going to, they're going to get him up soon. I also, I, I wrote a uh, very similarly. I wrote tonight. It hasn't come out yet. A scouting report on Orioles third base prospect Anderson de los Santos. And none of the numbers that I put up for him are going to match what he's done. The scouting grades right. because he hasn't done anything, but at this level, not being bad, not being overwhelmed, not going into bad streaks shows that there's a positive side to be seen. You got to get bigger and you got to get better. So I expect that to happen for you. That's what you said about Salas a year ahead and he got better from April to to, into July. So he kind of rewarded your faith and to a really large degree watching so much baseball, like that's kind of what this show is about. So uh, good for good for Jose Salas.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, it was pretty cool because I uh, I was basically saying the same thing you said about De Los Santos, about Solace, that, like... I have faith. Right, and he wasn't overmatched as an 18-year-old in the Florida State League, so that's still something to take away.
1: Um, We're smart enough to know what it means, like, your strikeout and walk numbers as opposed to your batting average and overall on base. Right. If you strike out 50 times and you walk twice, you might be in over your head.
0: Right, so... Um, I'm really happy for him. And it's funny because one of the um, uh, guys who's there like almost every day in Jupiter getting autographs, he was like, I was telling Jose, this is good karma for him being the most um, friendly player on the team and always signing autographs Like this is what happens when you're nice to the fans. So that was a pretty funny thing. Um, And speaking of uh, players signing autographs. So I was at the game on Thursday, and Jordan Holloway was listed on the roster. Now, I've met him many times over the years, but I wanted to say hi to him if he was there. I knew he wasn't going to pitch on Thursday, but I was like, well, maybe he's with the team. I go to All the right. bullpen. Uh, he's not there. I go to the dugout. He is there, and he's sitting next to a blonde dude. I'm like, that's Max Meyer. I check my phone, pull up a picture of Max Meyer. It is Max Meyer. And I, I've never seen Max Meyer play. Therefore, I've Either. never met him. Never got an autograph, never gotten a selfie, so I want to. So I basically camped out the rest of the game next to the dugout because I didn't want to let him like leave. Yeah. I didn't want to lose sight of him. <laughs> then he walked away to the clubhouse during the game. So I couldn't like stop him. But then I was waiting by the bullpen and he spent the ninth inning in the bullpen. So I'm like, okay, he's going to do the handshake line. And then he's going to come in. Let's hope this works out. Cause it was literally me and the guy who said solace is really nice. Those are the two people asking Max Meyer for an autograph. So I felt pretty good. That he would do it but he seemed like he was pretty locked in on whatever i guess watching the game so game ended they did the handshake line in the infield the players are walking back to the left field corner where the entrance to the clubhouse is they're all walking really slowly except for holloway and meyer who are jogging and i'm like oh man are they gonna just run right past us and we both we all called out for max and he looked and then he kept going and then he stopped and he came over he's like all right um it was I'll nice it. I, got a, I got a selfie with him um he didn't autograph. Is
1: nice yeah he's a really clean autograph
0: i got him on his own ball um in the pen i borrowed somebody's pen on accident basically like he, max was signing for someone else and i handed him my baseball we didn't trade off the pen so whoever's whatever pen that was it's very clean for autographs um <laughs> and um as for uh, the selfie you know he seemed kind of uh uh maybe that he didn't you know, necessarily want to take it, but I appreciate him taking the picture. Um, but it's cool to meet you know, the Marlins' top pitching prospect when I was not expecting him to be there. So you, you really never know what you're going to see when you go to a game like that. And
1: I guess I'll use that as a transition for you never know what you're going to see. Uh, I will recap a few Orioles Florida Complex League games extremely quickly, and mention a couple names that our listeners should probably pay attention to. They're all losses. Uh, going back three games, it was Pittsburgh, two games, it was Minnesota, and today, uh, Thursday, it was Tampa Bay. When they lost to the Pirates uh, a week and a day ago, it was six to one. Pirates pitcher who I've seen now two times, Joaquin Tejada. Looked outstanding. In this game, he had uh, three base runners in his three innings and five strikeouts. He's a righty, and he throws a slider first, and he throws a fastball second, and he looks good. He's very skinny. Uh, Shortstop prospect, Javier Rivas, used to be very skinny and is gaining good weight and hitting the ball farther and harder. In that game, he was three for four. Uh, He had two steals. They only credited him with one a run and two RBIs, a batting leadoff. So uh, that's, a, that's like a dynasty guy. Javier Rivas, uh, the shortstop. I'm watching him get better, get stronger, and do more. And this is a guy, when he first started playing in extended spring training, was not even throwing balls to the first base during warm-ups. So uh, those were the Pirates' standouts. Really, one of my favorite players for the Orioles, a, a right-handed pitcher, Miguel Padilla. I've mentioned him many times. I'm not going to give his bio. In that game, he did horrible. He gave up 11 base runners, and there's a reason that I'm mentioning that, and it's actually extremely positive. I'll get to it very quickly. So that was uh, that game. A couple days later, they hosted uh, – three days later, they hosted Minnesota. Minnesota's roster is really very inexperienced. It's a lot of guys in basically their first month stateside. So, so young. Not a lot of names I recognize, even after looking them up. Infielder Danny DeAndre was one of them. He had a hit. This, the script of this game is more important than the individual performances. Minnesota got out to a 6-2 lead. Orioles tied it up with a rally in the middle of the game, or very late in the game, in the ninth inning, tied it, didn't go ahead. Uh, then Minnesota took the lead. The Orioles had to come back and came part of the way back and ended up losing 11 to nine in extra innings. So two comebacks, one to tie and one to almost tie or win. So it was really very exciting and a lot of highlights. If you look at the box score Uh, today, the Rays bought their B team to Sarasota. The game was on the backfield. So it was 116 degrees the whole time. Uh, Good plays in the outfield by Johnny Perron. Pitcher Orlando Barrios did well. Pitcher Alexander Alberto for the Rays. Did uh, outstanding. And um, it was, uh, it had this, the look of a game that was going to be low scoring, and the Orioles were going to win. Miguel Padilla bounced back. This was his first start since that Pittsburgh drubbing, and it was by far his best start as an Oriole. I was so proud. He went five innings, which he hasn't done. He had five base runners, no runs, no earned runs. And five strikeouts, every last one of them, on a dirty breaking ball. Please go to my Twitter, if you're an Orioles fan, and watch the straight down drop that Miguel uh, Padilla can put on a, ball, a breaking ball when it's warm. So that's my Orioles FCL recent update tomorrow, which is Friday. They're at Pirate City. So I will be there watching with the family of Orioles catching prospect Samuel Basayo. I believe their record is 2-10 and 10 or 2-11. and 11. There's a lot of learning going on.
0: Yeah, a lot of fun names there. Um, I definitely know Danny Dandre. Um, he's a guy I'm excited to get a look at whenever I make it over to Fort Myers. And um, as we start wrapping things up, there's a couple players I just need to shout out. Hopefully get enough of them, uh, just enough names named as I can. First off, O'Neal Cruz finally in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And between the exit velocities and the velocity of his throws from shortstop to first, like it is maddening that he, that the Pirates waited so long to promote him. But I know our friend Greg would not appreciate me dwelling on the fact that he was in Triple uh, Indianapolis, Right. And he would just want me to just appreciate that he's finally in Pittsburgh. So I will um speaking of which you and greg will get to see o'neill cruz this weekend in st yeah. my first major league game of the year yeah so that's gonna I'm be pumped. exciting um right. and similar to o'neill cruz there is a prospect who the main player who people comp him to is o'neill cruz and that is my boy ellie de cruz he has absolutely turned it on the past month he's been great all year but he's really hitting his stride i think a promotion in double A is gonna happen very, very soon. Uh, and over the past uh month or so, he has a 327 batting average, 383 on base, 673 slugging. That's good for a thousand fifty-seven mm. oh. OPS. WRC plus in that stretch is uh well 185. That's pretty oh. good, I would say. You know, you know, 185. Yeah, pretty good. Uh seven home runs, seven stolen bases, you know striking out just under 30 percent of the time which you know that's you you did not have to say that I didn't have to say it but (laughs) that that's not terrible it's not 40 percent which is obviously terrible um and for the season he's striking out 30.6 percent of the time which is for him that's you know last year it was 31 percent so it's in line with um last year and it's good to see he's walking more than he did last year, which is important. 4.8% last year, 7.3 this year. That's this a year,
1: right. right.
0: And you know, a big thing with Nolan Gorman, I'm now Gorman doesn't have the speed of Delacruz, but they're both power hitters as well. Everyone was like, Oh, Gorman strikes out 30% of the time. He's never going to make, it. it doesn't matter if he strikes out 30% of the time, if he's homering, you know, 40 times a season and gorman i think eventually will be doing that he had a two homer game a four hit game the other day um and he has six home runs already in the major league yes he is striking out 33.6 percent of the time he struck out 34 percent of the time in triple a but between AAA and the majors this year he has 21 home runs he had a 168 wrc plus in triple a It's 136 in the majors. This is an above average hitter, Nolan. That's an
1: an adjustment. That's, you know, that's a fine level adjustment. Right. So um,
0: it's okay to strike out if you're succeeding in other parts of the game. And he is Um, really quick. few other names. Uh, Juan Yepes still cruising along with the Cardinals. I, you know, not sure if I agree with the way they've been using him defensively. I know our buddy Rick from Parslist. He might have an
1: opinion on that.
0: Right. But you, you can't help but smile when you look at how he's been hitting this year. He has been really fun to watch. And then finally, speaking of major league hitters who have been fun to watch, John Birdie. Um, I got to see him rehab with the Jupiter Hammerheads on May 25th, um, which was exactly 30 days ago. And he has played in 24 major league games since that uh, minor league rehab. And has stolen 19 bases 19. on 19 attempts, and the in the past 30 days, so not even 24 games, just since May 25th. Um, the next closest guy on the stolen base rankings has nine, and I want to say it's like Marcus Simeon and maybe one other guy. That's less than half Damn. of John Birdie's 19. He stole two bases today. I I might actually be wrong. He might because he stole two bases today. That's that I think was from when he only stole one. Yes, so I think he's oh, up wow. to twenty now. I'm gonna whip right now. So he's just insane on the base path, and he always has been. The big development for him is he has twenty-one. Right. So <laughs> well, he has twenty-one stolen bases on the year. I think he had two before the the injury. So I think he does have nineteen since Manchester nineteen. State. Okay. Right, but you know, the thing with him is he, he's getting on base, like almost like four, uh, almost like 400, 400, uh, his on base percentage. It's like 385 right now. It's just when you're a guy can get on base and steal a base without getting caught, like that is just so valuable. He is hitting first or second in the lineup with jazz, um, every, every night now. And even when Brian Anderson comes back next weekend and there's another player they're expecting back from the injured list, um, you can't take Birdie out of the lineup. You know, put him in center field, take Dela Cruz out, you know, make Sanche- Sanchez the designated hitter. You have to keep Birdie in the lineup. And that, that's going to be my parting words for this episode. Um, I wish I had John Birdie on one of my, my six fantasy teams. Um, I was too slow to trade for him. Uh, I had him back in 2020, so I had him at one point, but not, not a, I was a little early on him.
1: It's weird that that's the player that's made you scream the loudest and give your most voice on our prospect-based podcast, especially mentioning him in the same sentence with Cruz and Gorman, but (laughs) performance obviously stimulates you and, you know, he's he's doing well. Yeah. Uh, The last thing that I'm going to say before I wrap it up, uh, it's June... 24th as we record this uh the draft this year is a lot is far not like next week so it seems like it's far away but it's mock draft season that's what i'm getting at and i will uh be representing the orioles for prospects live on uh uh, wednesday the 29th so everybody should tune in to watch me pick blank who i'm not going to say now but I did another one with a lot of our industry friends uh, last week. So I'm not going to recap the whole thing. I'm just going to read the five picks I made uh, for the Orioles. So if you're listening, you can think about this, comment, debate, or you know, tell me that I'm an idiot and we had a bad draft. I actually don't think this is really a good draft or reflective of reality. So I'm sorry to down on the farm who sponsored it, but I just picked uh, guys that I thought somewhat profile fit the Orioles. Anyway, first pick, Cam Collier. 33rd pick, lefty, Jackson Ferris from IMG. 42nd pick, polarizing. Judd Fabian from Florida. 67th pick, polished. Drew Thorpe, righty starter from Cal Poly. And 81st pick because I don't know that many draft prospects overall. Roman Anthony, the outfielder from, oh, that from Stoneman Douglas. Nope. So that's two Ole Miss commits that the Orioles are trying to buy out of attending college, according to this mock draft. It was a lot of fun and a lot of people, including Greg, who we always talk about. Greg's, Greg's was awesome. So a lot of people made a lot better like individual and collective draft classes than me, but it's, it's always so much fun to see different people's perspective and, and what they uh value what they prioritize so a very enjoyable activity if anybody's listening I, I i'm really grateful that to be included in stuff like that
0: definitely and i uh, i wouldn't sell that draft short i i love the roman anthony as your fifth pick off the board fifth, That's what i, right. I would have considered with the third or fourth pick so um you know i especially pairing him in the same farm system as kobe mayo and there's some um you know they went to high school together so there's something there. Um, I'm not surprised you took Collier. Um, I know you loved him when – uh, what you saw from him when you saw him in the perfect game tournament. Not sure if in real life is that, if that's what the Orioles uh, – the route they end up taking. I still, I'm still on the Drew Jones train, but I respect the pick a lot. Um, I was also not surprised when you took Ferris, and I do like that pick a lot. Um, and I think, you know, the Orioles could definitely take uh, Judd Fabian. Um, it seemed like that's what they wanted to do. Thank you
1: for using the French pronunciation.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> seems like that's what they wanted to do when they went undersought with Kauser, and obviously the Red Sox beat them to him, and it didn't matter. And as it turns out, because he didn't even sign, but we know the Orioles like college hitters, and that's who he is. So I think you might be onto something there.
1: I know they like him. I there's trusted sources that have written it and confirmed it, so right. that's why I, I don't. I don't go deep thought process when doing these type of activities, but again, to watch me not go deep thought process, uh, Wednesday, June 29th for prospects live.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll definitely be, uh, be following that and I hope everyone else does too. Um, for now, that about does it. Um, I know I'm going to two baseball games next week and Eric's going to go to even more than two. So definitely, um, check out our Twitter feeds to stay updated Definitely check out Eric's. There was one video he posted last week of Tinkent's Absolute nasty curveball. Um, so go look at that. It's a beautiful pitch. Um, but yeah, for, for now, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for future episodes and peace out.